Yes. So this this gets us back to what's happening in in publishing journals, yeah. not just in veterinary medicine, though, right. but I think in in many disciplines. Mm -hmm. And that's the trend to open access journals. Sorry for saying sorry. Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And those are our FM radio voices. FM radio. Yeah, yeah. we could do a, what's a, is it NPR? NPR radio, yeah, yeah, it would be really good. I think NPR radio should listen to our podcast and yeah. then say, wow, it's a cat podcast. And we need to invite those two amazing people to do that for NPR radio. It, that's a plan. Mm. Yeah, I think it will be excellent. Well, now that we've perfected our FM radio voices. I just want to say, so uh, Dr. Susan, where are we? Uh, <laughs> well, the the... The first important thing is that we're actually in the same place, mm -hmm. which hasn't happened for almost three years. Three years. Well, two and a half anyway. Mm -hmm. Three years. At least, yeah. Yeah, getting up Crazy. there. Crazy. Yep. So that's that's something right there. And we're in Kansas. We are in beautiful Kansas, uh, in Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas. Where I live. And uh, Dr. Yes. Susan came to visit me. I did. No, no, I didn't. No, you came to visit Dr. Leslie uh, Lyons. No, no. And then no. what? No, I came to visit Chippy. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Chippy, he's, the D that's not mentioned. He's asleep right now, so oh, I don't want to. Well, yeah. Chippy is asleep. Yeah. yeah. So we don't want to disturb him, but he is right there. He's right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Dr. Susan fell in love with little Chippy, who is a cat in a D body. Yes, he's a very small cat. He's a very small cat in a deep body. And um, and I think we tired him out with the three-mile walk today. We did. Yes. We did. We did. We did. We and we're taping this, uh, so this will go to our Patreon account. Uh, yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I look really good on the Zoom because there's a filter that there's no... I have no lines anymore. I look like I am... I like. It, it took at least 10 days off. <laughs> okay, very funny. No, I think I look like I'm 20 or something. 20 something. <laughs> and then you have this strange gloss on your lips. What's that? Oh, so I, I just, you're actually, we're, you're fortunate that I only did like the lipstick effect because I have a Zoom meeting every week. Yeah. And every week I appear either like with, you know, bunny ears or a mustache or a funny hat. Yeah. I do something different every week. And who do you have a some Zoom meeting with? That you so with? so that that's the management team for my clinic. Oh, and if very professional. you have been doing as many management meetings as we have since the pandemic started, yeah. you would understand why a funny hat is needed. Mm. Yeah. I think I did my number of management meetings in the last couple of years. I'm sure you did. Mm. Did you wear a funny hat? No. There you go. I'm always very serious and professional. There you go. So this is the per podcast, by the way. In Dr. case Susan. you were wondering. <laughs> in case you were wondering <laughs> where we were going, but we never know where we're going. But now we're going in, yes. and I'm going to show this 
be as it's out. Yes, we're very excited. We are very excited. It literally just, it must have just come like today or yesterday in your mail. It is providence. Yeah. But did, so you just picked it up from your mail today. I picked it up from my mail today. Yes. And it is the feline practitioner, mm -hmm. a official member magazine of the American Association of Feline Practitioners. Yep. It is fall 2022 and it's the first one ever. Oh, we don't yep. show them. It's the inaugural issue. It's the inaugural issue right here. Right there. And there's a beautiful cat yep. looking at the sky. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're very excited. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it's a so. new monthly magazine from AFP. Um, there's a lot of changes going on in the journal publishing world period. There is. There is. And it's been it's been going on for a little bit. Like it didn't just start, but it's been going on for a little bit. Oh my gosh. What? The editors, yes, co-editors are Dr. Kelly Saint Denis which we know very well because we sometimes do. she jumps into this podcast when Dr. Susan is not available. She's our, our official guest co -host. But we also have a birthday girl here. Oh, that's right. It's that Dr. Jessica Quimby, and it's her birthday today. Yes. Oh, my gosh, it is. Yeah. I mean. We have to sing happy birthday. So many coincidences at the same time. I know. Can you sing happy birthday? No. Happy birthday yeah, to ahead. you. Happy birthday to you. I'm a director. Happy birthday, dear Jessica. Happy birthday to you. Perfect. That's not bad. That was really good. I know. I yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You're yeah. natural. But uh, Dr. Jessica Quimby, uh, amazing internal medicine yes. we, guru. We, we love her. She's been on our podcast many, many times. And it's her birthday today. So happy Apparently. birthday mm -hmm. to Jessica Quimby. Yes. And, uh, and she is a co editor of this. Uh, the medical co-editors. So I actually kind of love that, that mm. they've appointed medical co-editors. Who is the surgical co-editor? There isn't a surgical co-editor. I'm because sorry to cats say. cats don't get any surgical diseases. Is that it? Um, uh, depends. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they are the, the see, the medical co-editors. And there's Michelle, Michelle Meyer, who is the president of Current AFP. president. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, I am very excited about yep. this because, um, you know, I'm an a fan girl of AFP. Yes, we both are. And uh, and so this is kind of nice to get. It is. Yep. So in the first one, in the fall of 22, we're talking about nutritional assessments. Uh, that's always good. We're talking about acute pain pearls, mm -hmm. the feline mental and impaired welfare, mm -hmm. case study. Oh, we're going to look at the case study. That's not yep. like a good idea. Uh, when elimination becomes the problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's chronic diarrhea. I was like no. elimin eliminating no. the cat. It's not. It's not about diarrhea. Yes, I see a chronic diarrhea and cats. Oh, the case. Oh, it's the case report. No, that... I'm not talking about the case report. I'm talking about why when elimination becomes a problem, chronic diarrhea and cats. Okay, then. Thank you. You're and welcome. then the technician talk is an overview of feline pain management. Also, the with price. physical rehab. Rehab. I like that. That's a rehab. Article. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, I am really excited about this. I have not read this at all. Well, so... it just arrived. Yeah, today. But I read it. Already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was doing other stuff. And yeah, I read, read it. it. So I did. So you can tell us exactly what's going on in uh, and and so but let's start with why did why are they doing this? Yes. So this this gets us back to what's happening in in publishing journals, yeah. not just in veterinary medicine though, right. but I think in in many disciplines. Mm -hmm. And that's the trend 
to open access journals. So this is open access. No, this is only well, for this is an, members. Yeah, this is a member magazine. Right. But so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. The Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery is going fully open access in 2023. I love that. Yes. And, I, you know, and whenever anybody says, oh, that's so great. Mm -hmm. I'm it always thinking so great. It's great. But there's a but. You always have a but. There's a but. Okay. Spill it out. Spill the beans. So there's a couple of buts, actually. Oh, how long is this going to take this well it's going to lead us it's going to lead us to a little bit about um the place of this magazine mm -hmm. yeah yeah no. but just no. bear with me bear with me okay so it costs he's uh, he's already looking at the time mm -hmm. anyway so it, co it costs money to make a journal right yola right Oh, right. it's very expensive yeah because printing this you know and it's paper so it's also bad for nature they're expensive mm -hmm. and so if they go open access yeah. that means that the readers don't have to pay money to read right. so who pays the money now who pays uh the if sponsors mm, who else pays the association no who else pays if you want to publish oh the people that submit their papers yeah ah, somebody has like to that. pay you don't like that I well guess. I just think we need to be thoughtful about that mm -hmm. right um and it's not like you're going to pay 50 dollars no 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 that's true so most of the time those publishing a paper in any journal between two of one thousand and three thousand dollars depending on and some which, some are more even more yeah so if yes. you want to publish in nature it's yes. like thousands of dollars yeah so if there's no subscription money mm -hmm. where does the money come from and one of the ways it comes is that the people who submit articles to the journals now have to pay and in the past they typically didn't and so my worry yeah. is that will mean that will we that will eliminate some people right who can't afford the fee yeah so I have the opposite view so I think that opening up a journal will uh, allow more people to read the articles and because this is the only feline journal in the world right now uh -huh. uh, of relatively good quality more people will be able to read all the, the uh -huh. articles which will be interesting for sponsors because you will reach much more people. So if you would only look at the AFP and at the uh, ISFM members, there's still a lot of members, but mm -hmm. now suddenly you go from, I don't know how many members they have. Say they have 10,000 members each. So they're 20,000 members. You go open access, it's hundreds and thousands of veterinarians that can read those articles. So as a sponsor, I think it is much more interesting to have an open access than have a closed access. So, so that's the gamble that's being mm -hmm. waged, right? So that's the hope. And for science, it's better too, because, you know. It can be as long as it doesn't dissuade people from submitting. So I, yeah. I worry that it narrows the range of people who submit journal articles. Yeah, but I mean, I think that the association can do something about that too and say, hey, uh, at least 10 of the articles are free. Yeah, and they do tend to do things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this leads us back to the feline practitioner from AFP. So because the Journal of Feline Medicine Surgery is going total open access in 2023, um, one of the benefits of being an AFP member has been that you get a subscription. Right. 
And now anybody can access the articles in 2023. So for an organization like AAFP, there goes one of the big reasons to become a member. That's the other downside. That's what they're worried about. Well, I, you know, so yes, of course, that's a concern. But AFP started planning for this years ago mm. and started as part of their long-range planning, thinking about what else can we offer our members? How can we give them more? And they have, uh, one of the things that's in this issue of the feline practitioner is um, a, a bit of a description of their long range planning. Mm. So they have done this very well. They have thought mm. this through. And so one of the things they're doing is supplying the feline practitioner. So it's a monthly magazine. It's a member magazine um, for members, obviously. Mm. And the other thing they're going to do um, is a, I think they're calling it JFMS monthly. So it's like a monthly summary of the articles that appear in the journal. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like you don't have time to read and that's only for, uh, for that's a members. membership benefit. I like this. Yeah, they've been very, very thoughtful. Mm. And they've also expanded their online educational um, offerings. So mm. they have done this really well. And I would expect no less. It's a great organization with great people leading it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're going to be very successful at this. Right. So that's it's an, awesome. It's an example of how to do it well, I think. And I think it's a great idea. Um and depending on the article. So I don't think people will, is this peer reviewed or not? So no. So usually a magazine uh -huh. isn't peer reviewed. Uh -huh. And that's why it's important that they have Dr. Kelly St. Denis and Dr. Jessica Quimby as their medical mm -hmm. editors. Mm -hmm. So everything will go through Dr. St. Denis and Dr. Quimby before it's published. So are so, they are they requesting content or are people sending content? So I don't know the answer to oh, that, good. but you know, most publications would not refuse a good article mm. most won't mm -hmm. and so what i like about this and and you know what what you'll see if you're Gosh. a member of afp yeah. is um as yola said he listed the titles there's a lot of meat here mm. right in terms of um uh, you know, they're not, it's not full of advertising. There's advertising, mm -hmm. of course, mm -hmm. but it's not, um, what do you call it? Infomercials or, or info. info yeah. yeah, it's not commercially driven, yeah. right? right. Um, and they've got articles written by really good people and yeah. case studies. So there's, there's value. I like it. There's a lot of value in this. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, if, if the content is practical, Mm -hmm. uh, and useful and useful for mm -hmm. you know practitioners in the fields mm -hmm. that that is already really important um i do so the journal of feline medicine and surgery will that be only an online journal then or is it still in print good point so as as you said yola um a lot of the cost is in printing not just printing but mailing them yeah right and so afp has members in many countries and mailing Expensive. is expensive these days so um, i believe that the when the journal is totally open access there will be no print okay yeah and and often what journals do then is they just print as articles are ready or they publish as articles are ready to be published right. rather than waiting for um uh, an issue they don't they don't right. have to put issues together anymore and print them right Right. So that tends to mean articles get published online um, in a more timely manner. Right. Right. Because you don't have to wait till you have enough to put an issue. That makes a little sense. Yes. So. It does. 
Yes. Yeah. And so the other thing that I think this will do for us is it it's kind of um, a really easy way to see what else AFP can offer practitioners because I mean, you and I still talk to people who aren't aware uh, about AFP's offering of guidelines that are free, even if you're not a member, you know, and they're online CE. So this is really nice. And they have more practice guidelines out recently. And so in the time we have left, mm -hmm. um, I thought we'd talk about their upcoming guidelines. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. And I think that, you know, what what I always recognize from the Journal of American Veterinary Medical Association is that part of the journal is information about the organization yes. itself, and part of the journal is articles. Yes. Um, and so this is kind of information yes. about the, the association itself, which is very useful. I think. Oh, I think it's really useful. And I think it's, um, uh, uh, it's, we could have used something like this earlier, but you know, of course things come when it's the right time for them to come. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So let's go for it. Does it also mean that, that because ISFM used to have clinical cases that were, um, you know, no, it, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about the, the case reports mm -hmm. it, that won't change. So they're still going, they were always, um, open access anyway yeah and, so it I doesn't mean, change that okay so so there's two journals that are open access yeah yeah okay. yeah so the uh yola's talking about um a jfms open reports or jfmsor and those are case studies and case series and since that started it was always open access and mm -hmm. so now sort of the the traditional jfms is will next year we'll be joining them as open access right yeah. yeah yeah so one of the things that i was really keen on in this inaugural issue of the feline practitioner is that there's a bit of a heads up about new guidelines that will be out before the end of this year and it's already october so let that means pretty soon wow let's roll right? with it that means pretty soon yeah yeah so one of the things that's coming out is the 2022 aafp isfm mm -hmm. cat friendly veterinary interactions guidelines yeah you're looking puzzled what do you think that means I had to think oh, about it. Cat friendly, friendly veterinary in interactions. Veterinary guidelines. interactions guidelines. So it's guidelines for veterinary interactions mm -hmm. that are cat friendly. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so yeah. I cannot scratch you. That would not be good. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. not friendly. Yes. So what does it mean? So this these guidelines um uh sound like they will be based on the experience of the cat coming to the veterinarian and being in the veterinary clinic so the veterinarian okay, that's a weird name though well it's veterinary interactions because uh, so it's the cat that interacts with the veterinary and it... cat remember cat friendly is you know the... i understand that yeah, okay but so they so because it is the cat that interacts friendly with the veterinarian. That's really no. The cat friendly is the 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 phrase that. No, no, I understand that part. But you know, it, the the crux of these guidelines is how you can be friendly to cats when they come to your practice. Yes, that's correct. Exactly. Yes. But then the you got there in the end. You no, know, no, but the, yeah, uh, the it took name you a while, strong. but he got there. I, in I the thought end. the word, you know, you had to be friendly between veterinarians. No. Ah, thank you. See how confusing it is. <laughs> So it's to help veterinarians work with cats, is what I think. But the, the, you know, we already have cat friendly. 
We so haven't. Different, no, what we didn't have guidelines. For no, <gasps> there were oh. now. Now I will hedge a little bit yeah. in the um, in the feline nursing guidelines, which I was a part of yeah. a few years ago. A lot of that was based around the experience in the clinic but not all of it. Oh, so I think- Then it makes sense. It so does it, make I, sense. I thought they were already cat-friendly uh, guidelines, but now we- okay, Yeah, not so specifically, they, no. Okay, what else? No. And um, I guess sort of a companion set of guidelines, mm -hmm. cat-friendly veterinary environment guidelines. Okay. So improvements on the environment of the veterinary clinic. Okay. Right? So they split those. Uh, exactly. Right. So it says these guidelines are designed to help veterinary teams mm -hmm. improve the cat's veterinary experience mm -hmm. by focusing on improvements that can be made in the veterinary environment. So you have environment and interaction yes. and it's split. Oh, yes. okay. Now it makes a little yes. bit more sense. It yeah. makes sense to me. Oh, good. Yes. Plus our, our nursing guidelines would have needed to be updated soon anyway. No guidelines mm -hmm. would stay perfect forever, right? No, no. Yeah. So it sounds like they split them out. Um, they are also coming out with a statement, so a consensus statement. Mm -hmm. So a number of organizations do guidelines and consensus statements. Right. What's the difference? A consensus statement is that you put a couple of people that know about the topic in one room and they come to a consensus about something. So what, how's that and different from guidelines? Guidelines is just like, you know. It's still a bunch of people that get together in a room and they have to come to a consensus. Yeah, but I have the feeling with guidelines, that it's like, this is what you could do. Consensus statement is, this is what you should do. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. So guidelines tend to be like broader and more all-encompassing. Consensus statements are often focused on things that might be unclear or controversial or for whatever reason that the organization feels needs some clarity so they tend to be a little bit more narrowly focused right yeah and so what are they about so this is a consensus statement on approaches to urolithiasis treatment so it's it's specifically focused on treatment Right. Never heard about that one. No, no. We've only talked about that for how long? Uh, since forever. Since we started this podcast, yes. because the first three podcasts was about your lithiasis. Yes. And then I am, I, I love that they're doing this. Yes, because I do focusing too. on the cat. And it's lower how, urinary tract too. However, we have some really good consensus statements mm -hmm. about your lithiasis. But it's cat and... It's CAT and the D, but it's done by the ACDIM. It so is. Do we expect something completely different? Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. But the ACVIM ones have been out for a few years now. And so one of the opportunities that things like consensus statements have is to update. True. Yeah. True. So I, I think I think it's always whenever we can do consensus statements or guidelines that are just CAT only, mm. I think it's always better uh, than when it's to as a purist i say yes see so yeah. as a purist i say yeah. yes. yeah so that's why i'm very happy to see that <gasps> let me check the time <laughs> okay okay uh, it's uh 23 minutes so dr susan we need to can i say one more thing one more thing okay one more thing i don't have we talked about the fip guidelines that came out yes we did okay yes. so it's a we good had, you know steve on the phone like three times so it's a um a good um but it's a good time to remind people that that also is a very recent mm -hmm. set of guidelines that came out yeah 
on FIP. And every, you know, everybody needs help with FIP. So um, next, week, yeah, next week, we'll talk about some of the other things in this awesome. inaugural magazine, because yeah. we've just scratch the surface we scratch the surface it yes. just came in yes to the kirpenstein household we ripped it out of the mailbox and here we are talking about and here it on are. the birthday yeah. of dr jessica quimby and yes happy birthday once again you yes. know you will probably hear this like a week later or a couple of days later doesn't matter i say doesn't matter and she said so, so we'll happens. send you a special message that you're in the podcast yes and, and chippy who is you can't, you can't see him but he's sound asleep and that has to do with the fact that we did a long walk yes so, we made him walk four kilometers today yes yeah so, and he's only about this high you know so that's a lot of walking yeah, he's a little cat in yep. a d body yep. that's what we're saying but yep. um this was great dr susan so yes. if people want to have more information where can they go i don't know dr yola where do they go i think they can go to perpodcast.net they can and uh, it is almost updated <laughs> he says that with let me laugh about it okay. i think that's an aspirational <laughs> statement isn't that what they call <laughs> so We're i will there. point to the person that is supposed to update this but um it has not been updated yet but it will be uh it, lots of information there there is and uh, we have a handle for social media and that is at per podcast that's us so uh and we will have some social media news pretty soon i hope so don't don't jinx us we're not jinxing but we've got something in the works that we're something in the works and then we have a great patreon account which you know is new is new yeah and we're excited about that because we will you know this video that we're taping right now where you can see us both together it will be there yes so we we have 2023 i predict yes an amazing year it's about time we have great cheers plans. to this. Okay, yes. Okay. Cheers. cheers. Till next week. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yerla Kirkenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore.
The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast. Thank <sniffs> you.